Welcome to the Next in Time podcast, where we explore the fascinating depths of how people have the potential of impacting the world with the mission and vision of their project. Join us on this audio journey as we uncover the hidden gems of one's vision, delve into thought-provoking discussions of why they're pursuing it, and see how they're going to make an impact. If you're a curious person, this podcast is your go-to destination. Hey everyone, welcome to the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, ST, and today our guest is Manuj Agarwal. He is the founder and chief innovation officer of Tetra Noodle Technologies, which is a premier artificial intelligence and cybersecurity consulting company. He is considered a thought leader in the field of AI with multiple patents and whose work got recognized from Barack Obama and Bill Gates. So Manuj, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here because I definitely wanted to have more AI-based thought leaders on my, on our show, particularly with the fact that AI is like the biggest like topic of discussion amongst everyone right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has exploded, I guess, uh, in the last uh, few months. Like we always said that AI, you know, I've been hearing about AI since like way back in like the mid, like early to mid to 2010s. And uh, like, and they always, I, actually, the funny thing was I took a class in, uh, in personal development once I think they were always talking mm-hmm. about AI how it's going to be replacing a lot of jobs and how uh, how the, the most important thing you have to do is keep being the human per, keep being the human in this mm-hmm. yeah exactly um artificial intelligence is very interesting I think uh, as we as we dive into it I'll, I'll talk about you know how it actually is a continuum between who we are our human mind and and the technology all right no problem and also you've had some you had you've had like four patents right yes 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 you you tell me more about that sure so um, we, uh, you know, as, as a company, so my company is a technology innovation company. We focus on uh, AI and blockchain and other uh, cutting edge technologies. So um, the four patents, uh, two of them are in healthcare, where um, basically we helped cure joint pains. Uh, a lot of joint pains people experience because of the way their feet are constructed. And, you know, some people have flat feet, some people have high arches. So in this case, uh, surgery or medication does not help. So what we did was we created some algorithms which um, can create, uh, take some pictures of your of your uh, feet uh, through your mobile phone and convert those pictures into a 3D model, which is uh, within two millimeters of accuracy of your actual size of the foot. And then that 3D model gets uh, 3D printed and uh, it, it produces a, a custom fitted um, orthotic device that uh, goes into your shoe and then it helps with joint pains. So those were two patterns. And then two other patents are in education field where um, uh, we help uh, students uh, get access to personalized curriculum. So uh, in most classrooms, if there are 30 students, every student gets the same curriculum. But as we know, some students are advanced, some students uh, need more help. So this patent was like a personalized learning system where in in the same classroom, every student gets a personalized curriculum. Like do they measure their abilities? Or like measure yes, like yes. the student's abilities and then provides a curriculum based upon like what they input it as their abilities or something like that. Yeah. So as they make a progress in the course, um, the system is able to detect, you know, how proficient they are in that particular topic. 
and then based on that it adjusts uh, adjusts what comes next so if you are more proficient you may be able to skip a few chapters if you need more help you may actually get additional material to learn that topic got it and what is so these are all these all these different patterns and you that you've uh, that managed to uh, receive and also your work has been um, mentioned by President Obama and Bill Gates so what was yeah. what were those and what was that what was what were those pieces of information that were that was recognized by them yeah so that this was the the other pattern the because um, uh, so this is related to higher education as well a lot of people uh, in higher education institutions what happens is that they drop out of their degree program uh, specifically around 30 30% of the students drop out of their degree program within first two years so what we did was we created algorithms which match the student with the right courses uh, just like netflix matches uh, us with the right shows uh, so the the idea is that we can match the student with the right course based on their interest based on their capacity to learn and that brings down the dropout rates uh, dramatically um and uh, that particular project was so impactful that it got recognized by obama and bill gates really and so would they would they make a speech about it or would they just say hey yeah, yeah. I, i endorse i endorse what this guy has provided or something like that see i i want to be 100% transparent they did never they never named me right they named the project yes there are speeches that there is a video that i have of bill gates talking about that project and explaining how it has helped and all of that stuff um so but but between me you know um my small company and uh, people like obama and bill gates there's a there's a huge distance so they focus on the results they focus on the impact and they mention the projects uh, by name the specific a uh, project and the brand name under which this project was developed it's called degree compass and so anybody can search uh, online and take degree compass bill gates and you'll you'll be able to find that video easily got it and yeah you've got a very interesting background considering the fact that you've uh, you worked in factories for $2 a day and then mm-hmm. uh, you tell, tell me more about that background you had like you had a very interesting like you know mm-hmm. is that like a working class background or something mm-hmm. yes 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 So um what happened was you know I grew up in a small town uh, in India and uh, I wanted to obviously do something uh, good with my life or make an impact um uh, basically realize my full potential but there are there were not a lot of opportunities in that small town and the family I grew up in my dad he's a self-made person uh you know we are lower you know we we belong to lower middle class um and uh, he 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 has a factory right? he still runs a factory and he raised me as a factory worker i i i was uh, you know getting the same wage as other factory workers doing the same work as other Wait, factory what, what workers what did you what what are the factory produce uh nuts and bolts uh, for uh, you know uh, industrial fasteners for heavy machinery and things like that so this was when um this was around 1990s yeah 1990 and between 1990 and 99 uh, 95 okay it's just um i believe that's when it was like the industrial age was taking over in india or something um i mean industrial age has been uh, around for a long time um but uh, yes uh, india was growing i um what happened was around that time uh, india started opening up its economy to 
uh, international companies and started becoming globalized. Before that, it was uh, very much a closed economy. Got it. Got it. And uh, and then going from working in the factory and then from there you ascended towards the boardrooms of Fortune 500 companies. So what was that journey like? Yeah. So when uh, so you know I I found after that factory like you know I wanted to do something else and I found my love for um, for programming and technology and software and uh, I was really good at it as well so I uh, knew that is what I was going to do for the rest of my life and uh, then through a series of events I came to uh, North America I found uh, a job relatively quickly but then I also lost uh, first few initial jobs very quickly like you know uh, between uh the the period of uh, 1999 and 2001 i lost about four jobs quickly uh really? you know because of the, the dot com bubble burst yeah, yeah exactly dot com uh, bust and then september 11 then gulf war a lot of a lot of those uh, world events were happening and so that uh then led me into entrepreneurship that uh, you know so i started working with a lot of uh, different startups uh, large corporations like microsoft um helping them build their systems so uh initially my journey started working with the startups uh, and, but then eventually you know as i gained more and more experience then i worked with um companies like uh, microsoft and pearson education and ibm and and bunch of others uh, where uh, it really helped me understand how these large corporations work and how they make their money how they make that impact in the world and based upon what you've like what you've seen so far how do you distinguish between startups and large corporations you know um i feel like uh, the way that i can simply describe it is like uh, a startup is like a motorboat and it's it's got like you know it's it can shift direction uh, very quickly and it can go really fast and then a large corporation is like an oil tanker so it's it goes in one direction but if you want to change that direction you know you really have to make a lot of effort and it turns one degree at a time so let's say if you want to change something it'll take like days months or even years before you can see that change right and now that you're currently based in Canada right yes correct correct and what are some of those challenges that you've faced when living in Canada Well I mean the the very first thing you know when I when I entered the economy it was just getting to know people and communicate with them um even though i spoke the language um i didn't understand the culture i didn't understand the nuances of the dialects or the facial expressions or the internal jokes that people uh you know make so so it took a while to really understand okay you know what are people even talking about and how they uh, you know perceive the world and what do they resonate with and all of those things uh, took a lot of time to understand and assimilate uh, so that was the first experience and then afterwards it it's been um it's been a journey of uh, you know just um just uh, just convincing people that you know i've i've got uh, i've got uh, stuff that is useful to listen to because uh again i don't want to get into like you know uh, uh you know uh, things where it may have any negative implication but just as an outsider it takes a lot of extra effort to make room and and say to people that i belong uh, on this table and uh, you know my voice is important so right yeah, yeah cuz that's one thing you always notice is like whenever you go somewhere new it's like you have to you have to make a name for yourself in mm-hmm. a very powerful way rather than just like mm-hmm. you some you can't just subtly just go in there and then be like okay I'm ready to help you out but no you have to go in there and say I have 
I have the chops. I can just give you the best quality product out there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. 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 All right. So going forward, now that you've, well, like, now that you've transitioned from helping out Fortune 500 companies, um, you've also now started build, you've built this uh, IT services firm, Tetranual Technologies, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what, what was that journey like? So as I said, I mean, this, this, this company was started back in 2001 when, uh, you know, I, I had a series of layoffs and uh, since then it has grown consistently like for until about 2018, it was just me. Um, and so, you know, it was like a, a very small company in serving local clients, getting work uh, based on word of mouth. And then uh, in 2018, my mom passed away and I uh, th that changed quite a bit of, uh, you know, my life. And I wanted to take uh, my company to a level where, you know, I could uh, be location independent and I can I could visit my family back home. So at that point, you know, I started shifting uh, the emphasis of the company, still uh, providing technology consulting, but uh, becoming more, more known, building a brand, you know, learning about marketing, learning about uh, sales. All of those things were very foreign to me as an engineer. And so I had to learn all of that to build um, the whole business from the ground up. I even changed the name. Uh, the original name of the company used to be Spider Communications. And, that's a very um, good, that's a very, like, very like, what you call a uh, virtual type of name. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at that time uh, when the internet was like, this was, again, as I said, like uh, 2000, uh, 2001, at that time, the internet was called, I mean, the World Wide Web, and it was just coming up. So uh, having no experience in marketing, I, I thought it will be cute to just say, okay, you know, we are the spider for the web. And then um, in around 2007, 2008, when the smartphones were coming up, people started asking me, oh, spider communications, is that like a phone company? Do you install phones or what? So then I started getting a sense that, you know, I have to change the name and I changed That's, it in 2018. I think this is where Google got the idea of the crawler, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Just, they, they might have they seen your your name this you can your company's name is spider and it's like, okay maybe because, you know we need we need a term for our search engine to go through all these different websites and extract yeah. information yeah. so we'll just have it called the crawler so have yeah. really must have gotten some inspiration from you there yeah maybe maybe hopefully i'll i'll uh, go back to them for the royalty checks <laughs> okay so now shifting focus now do you now normally fo specialize in ai services right Yes, 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 yes. I mean, uh, you know, uh, so um, we have been involved in AI for the last 15 years. Uh, as I said, I have four patents in that. So it's not a new thing to us. We have been doing this work for a long time. But now uh, with the with the with the AI in in the news, everybody's talking about it. So naturally, our focus now has shifted uh, more on um, more specifically on AI and helping people make sense of it and adopt these technologies in their in their business right and so how is a typical ai platform built based upon your experience so far yeah so uh, see it all starts with the end goal in mind like what are what are people uh, looking to achieve and let's say you know it's a healthcare project let's say they want to create a new way of diagnosing problems 
so then that is the end goal then we start to work backwards from that and say uh, collect more information and collect, you know talk to other experts because obviously we as technologists we don't have the answer on what diagnosis uh, how to do it what are the what are the variables what are the um, you know what, what's the environment that we are working with who who is involved so we talk to a lot of experts in that domain and uh, start to extract data we start to collaborate with them and then after coming up with some sort of basic understanding we start to say okay because ai is nothing else but uh, you know learning patterns in data so we feed hundreds of thousands or even millions of data points about a particular domain into an algorithm and say okay now hey algorithm go and learn what is actually happening in the real world and tell us uh, you know what the what the outcome should be and so then starts a series of uh, experiments so we use a number of data points number of algorithms and we start to train those algorithms then we take the output back to the domain experts we ask them hey we trained our algorithms to perform diagnosis based on what you provided us this is what our algorithm came up with so can you please help us um, validate it if it's valid then we know we are in the right direction but more likely it is not valid then we make tweaks and then we you know start the process or um, or fine tune the algorithms once again so so it's like anything else like it's an iterative process uh, just like yeah. anything else in life yeah if you had to compare the early programmers where all they had to do was put in a couple of commands and the computer will just execute on those commands mm-hmm. like now the ai you're just giving a you're just giving it a, a different set of commands where it has to learn new commands by itself right is that what it, mm-hmm. that's what it's like as you mentioned it's an iterative process it's an iterative process uh there's still there's still quite a bit of uh work that that manual that's done by uh, humans uh, e- even though you know there's a lot of progress being made in using ai to generate more uh, more uh, how can i say it like more advanced algorithms or technology or code uh, on its own but um, still humans uh, still have to be uh, involved in that process yeah so why do humans have to be involved in you know because people had that pre pre presumption that ai once ai is developed it'll take care of itself yet mm. the humans have to be available mm. to do that like why is that um well i mean as as advanced as ai is today it is still nowhere near uh, close to what human intellect can do the so second thing is um it is a very passive technology like you know it's it's like a car if you, if you don't start the car it's not going to go anywhere um so it's not a self uh, you know self uh, propelling technology that it, it can say okay you know let me let me figure out what the problems are around me and start to solve it a human has to initiate that and use it as a tool to accelerate that discovery that invention that whatever we are trying to solve right and so now we're in we're currently in the year 2023 and this is like the pivotal time this is like the pivotal year where you know the ai can start coming in taking over jobs like you know it's happening you know all over the place you know for example if you notice the uh, like with chat gpt coming up and then saying like you know what this can produce better information than a human can versus and also if you notice that uh, ai is like ibm must as been laying off jobs because they want to automate some of them with AI. 
Mm-hmm. And also with um, now what's going on with in Hollywood with the writer strike mm-hmm. that uh, because uh, these out like studio execs want just want to ha- want to get rid of the writers rooms and replace mm-hmm. them with um, with with automatic machinery with, with, mm-hmm. with automation. Mm-hmm. So do you think there's like this pe- pension fear? Why? Like, why are people? Why do you feel that uh, people are afraid of getting their of, of having their jobs being replaced in general because of AI? Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know what? What, what happens is like humans have always have a tendency to be afraid of the unknown right and then the other aspect is whenever a new groundbreaking technology is introduced there is always this confusion this transition period before the dust settles and then people figure out okay you know how do we live in this new reality so i'll give you a quick example like you know when when the internet was just coming along uh, in the 1990s there was a huge um, huge fear around the year 2000 with y2k like you know everybody's thought uh, the world is going to collapse because computers did not know how to deal with the year 2000. Um, <laughs> if you know, so it, it, this is this phenomena is nothing new. Now, job displacement. I believe yes, there's going to be some job displacement. That is again not anything unlike any other time in history where you know when the automobile was invented, people were worried. Oh, you know what is going to happen all, to all the people in the horse cart industry. And what ended up happening was people who upskilled themselves, who, you know, who sort of went with the flow, they found much, much better and much higher paying jobs in the automobile industry. Uh, So, uh, and I can go on and share more and more and more examples of all these instances in history when new inventions created new jobs. So right now we are going through that transition. Most people don't understand that if you replace the writer, the writer is the person who has had the experiences, emotional experiences in their life, who can relate and bring out that emotion by writing. And now they can use the AI to become more productive, to become more creative. But if you remove the human altogether, I don't think there is any uh, movie producer who, who has has gone through that emotional trauma to be able to convert their life journey into something that will resonate with the with the masses with the audience does that make sense yeah in a way but i was going to say this with you know there's there's a lot of people that right now there's that are fearing for their jobs because of that replacement i mean i know there's i know they have to adapt but then but then again they are let's just say people are they're like older people out there let's just say they don't have the uh, income to sustain themselves because you know let's just say things have happened in their lives and whatnot let's say they're older and they're and right now they have a harder time adapting to new technologies versus let's say if someone's younger and more agile Mm -hmm. like people Mm -hmm. my our ages Mm -hmm. yeah see um i like you know i i I cannot speak to everybody's situation. Um, I'm sure there are going to be people who will be diversely affected by something like this. But that is not to say it is unlike any other life situation, right? Like, um, like COVID happened and we were all helpless. We could not do, you know, what we wanted to do. We were under lockdowns for several months. So um, at at some level, we also have to look at this not as a just a, you know, okay, technology coming and ruining my life, but then but then life happens, right? Like their life is full of ups and downs, and every challenge um, comes with an opportunity. So uh, I'm going through challenges myself in my personal life, and I, and that and they are nothing to do with artificial intelligence, nothing to do with 
uh, technology, but I just have to push through that and and work out a solution, uh, you know, that that will be most favorable to me and people around me and all of that stuff. So, uh, yes, we can point a finger at AI and yes, we can say, okay, you know, this is the technology that that took away my job. This is the technology that, you know, um, toppled my life upside down. But at the same time, we also have to look at life itself and say, okay, you know, sometimes these things happen. So how do we, as human beings, as resilient uh, people, how do we deal with these things? And the help is available out there. So if you go uh, seek out help, talk to people, understand, you know, how to navigate these things, it can it it it, it, it can work out really well. But if people say, oh, you know, this is this is done, game over. I cannot deal with this. Yeah, you know, I'm my life is done. That's another way to look at life, and that that a lot of people do that, and but that doesn't lead to any solution. Right. And the one thing about AI is that there's like there's a two a double edged sword. One is that people are fearing for their jobs, but then people really want to have the world change with AI in a way. <laughs> like, and sometimes I like to see where okay, there's always moments where people are going to start using AI to help run critical business components or, yeah. or like I say critical global components and let's just say the AI breaks down mm -hmm. so that then what would what really would be a solution there if the if if the whole system breaks down for some reason because some random issue let's say for I'm just going to put uh, the airlines for example if you recall like in December 2022 we had a yeah, uh, yeah. there was a there was a massive glitch in the flight scheduling system and stuff for Southwest yeah, yeah. Airlines yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it and because people let's say people are, are reliant on these AI technologies to give them the latest updated information or let's say give them the uh, the pathway forward and say the let's say let's just say the system breaks down there's no human labor to maintain it what would be mm. that what would uh, like? How would you be able to diagnose that situation? See, um, the way that the world has been set up, um, you know, depending upon how critical the system is, how how many people it affects, uh, and what is the urgency of the situation, like a medical system, like the you know the, the airline reservation system, there is always backups. You know, there are always backups and backups and backups. So um, it may not these that these backups may not kick in like right away. It may not be instantaneous. Again, we cannot uh, think of life or technology or human beings as a perfect uh, combination. There's always going to be glitches. And and if those glitches did not uh, exist, then we will still be living in the caves as, as cavemen. Those glitches and those um, sort of urges to fix things are the things that drive us to invent new things. So um, to, to come back to the point, let's say there is an AI system managing these, um, these critical systems. There's always people who have thought about backup. Okay, you know, what will happen if this system fails? Okay, what will happen if the second backup fails? What will happen if the third backup fails? And as those uh, things happen, the backup kicks in and that is how the system is restored eventually, right? So, um, so I want to assure people that it's not a, uh, it's not a, like a, a doomsday scenario where uh, everything will just fall apart. Uh, people who build these systems, they, they think through scenarios and there may be instances where they haven't thought of a particular scenario which will show up. But then once it shows up, it informs us to do better and we fix things moving forward. Do you see any limitations with AI? Um, of course. I mean, the, 
the the key is we have to realize the ai is always looking at the past data it cannot predict the future it cannot focus on what is going to happen what is going to happen and it cannot feel emotions uh, you know those are some of the things that uh, humans possess like you know we have the vision to uh, we have the imagination to envision our future we have the uh, then you know the capacity to feel emotions and these th- these type of things and that's a, that's a brief sentence but it has very deep implications right 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 yeah. and so um now that we're running out of time let me ask you this one final question as since you are the owner of a like was you're trying to provide ai services to a lot of companies so what advice would you give to someone who really wants to transform the world with AI? Um uh can you repeat that question sorry? No, what well, what advice would you give to a f- someone who wants to you let's just say you they're going to utilize your services like how do you how do you help yeah. them envision yeah, yeah. how how their their product is going to make an impact? Sure, sure, sure. See, um see I'll, I'll give you a few quotations. Um so the father of AI has said that AI is as uh, impactful as electricity or fire. Um the CEO of IBM has said that AI is going to add 10 trillion dollars to the world economy in the next 7 years and currently the economy is a uh, world economy is about uh, 96 trillion dollars so 10% or more of world gdp will be added in the next 7 years and then peter diamond is who's a famous scientist and entrepreneur he has said uh, by the turn of this decade there's going to be two types of businesses uh, that uh, either they use ai or they are out of business so if you look at all these uh, statements they are pointing towards one thing that ai is not a technology that can be avoided it is an essential thing that will need to be incorporated into our daily life in fact it is already there if you take Just out like your the, smart just like the internet exactly it's already there you take out your smartphone it's act i mean this zoom meeting we are using to record it's all controlled by ai already so um the idea is to help people understand what this means for their business help them take baby steps uh start adopting it in a in a in a you know some scenarios for example once again when the you know in 1990s if you ask somebody hey do you need a website do you need an email address most people would have said no i've got my yellow pages i've got my landline i'm good to go right but slowly the people realize that without email address it's impossible to communicate with each other anymore without Especially the internet long distances exactly exactly and without the website you, you basically don't exist so uh, the transition happened slowly but people who realized it earlier on they got tremendous value so we uh, go into a business we educate them and we say okay you know this is how you can use technology this is how you can use ai this is how we can help you implement it and this is how you can get the benefit out of it and so that's how we help businesses right right sounds good manuj yeah i think uh, this is this pretty much will wrap up our episode so thank you again for coming on the next in time podcast and we look forward to seeing how your venture and also all your your businesses that you build will make an impact in the coming years and especially in the field of AI. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was such a interesting conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Next in Time podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the intriguing vision of our guest today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay updated on future episodes. If you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring.